0: Hello and welcome to Free From The Real, episode 134. Brought to you by puremtgo.com, mtgotraders.com and KateFairGames.com. You can hear us each week on puremtgo.com, mtgotraders.com and mtgcast.com. I'll be one of your hosts this week, the slightly healthier AJ. And with me is the ever-present Kia, and the almost ever-present... Hello everyone. And the almost ever-present um, uh, Sebastian...
1: Uh, You know, I used to be ever-present through, like, episodes 1 through 50, maybe? Yeah. Comes and goes.
0: Yeah. The ephemerally ever-present, then, maybe. (laughs) Anyway, we digress. This is the, uh... uh, This is the peer-free from the real podcast with all the news that's fit to listen to regarding the online game and things from the offline game which, uh, apply to us. Such as the new set coming out. Uh, we've had a chance to delve into some of the, uh, dark and uh, dank mysteries of Strad, but there's still more to go. Anything catch your eyes, gentlemen? Apparently not. Yes.
2: Well, just on the top of my head, one that uh, we saw come out in this last week that I'm excited about is probably uh, the new planeswalker, the double-faced Garruk. uh with Rins- relentless into Garruk, the Veilcursed. I mean, it's just... Get, my thing is, again, five abilities. Just I feel like something can go wrong with this card. Uh, with all that he has going for him. And at some point, he will be able to do something.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's hard to say, right? Because on one hand, there's, it has five abilities. And they probably didn't test it as enough as they should. On the other hand, like I was, I was telling you guys before we started recording... Um, I believe they were designed this card right when Jace was in full force, so it's very possible they like reduced the power level um, inherently, which happens very often. Like, Look how awful Kamigawa was. It, was, it has a lot to do with how powerful Mirrodin was. So.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the same thing, actually, uh, for the Wizards tribe in Onslaught. They talked about it in playtesting. They thought it was incredibly overpowered, and so they watered down all these cards, and then by the time it came out, it was just an unplayable tribal group.
0: Yeah. They really needed not to print from Wizard for that set. Yeah,
2: <laughs> but uh, he's still a pretty interesting card, and he'll probably still be one of the big money cards in the set. He's a four-costing planeswalker, and he's mythic. So,
1: truth, without a doubt. What's really interesting to me though is they're really focusing on zombies, and I thought that was really cool. Like they um, on Monday they revealed Mark Rosewater doing revealing cool, funny cards as always. Revealed the, uh, I believe it's. 13 zombies so it's called army of the damned it's eight mana a lot but put 13 shoot two, two black zombie creatures tokens into play tapped Tap's a little bit of an issue but it's it definitely sounds like a card for example that we can use in cloud post or something where you just like ramp up a ton of mana here's 13 two 2s deal with it they come into untapped but the best line has to be um like Scaff. zombies aren't scary but how about 13 staff zombies
0: or well, <laughs> 26 if you flash it back
1: so that's it's, I think that was absolutely hilarious. Uh, it's, I'm not, who knows how good of a card it would be. I would have really liked it if it was a tribal sorcery um, with tribal zombies, so it could interact with these other like, zombie-type spells. But uh, you take what you can get.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. How about you, AJ? Sticking with the zombie theme, I absolutely love the flavor of Rooftop Storm. Uh, the... 6 mana, uh, 5 colourless, 1 blue enchantment with you may pay 0 rather than pay the mana cost for zombie creature spells you cast. Um, you can do some very fun broken things here. Uh, for example, using zombies from Magic's Past, you've got uh, there was a plane shift zombie with um, uh, which was a 4-3 which returned a uh, creature to your hand. And there's also flesh render, so you can see um, kill that, bounce that, kill that again. All sorts of fun things like that. Good content. Yeah, in. that's
2: zombies definitely pretty
0: mean. Yeah. zombies so I- with good content to play effects, um, mass draw, and of course uh, all sorts of fun zombie things are doing uh, for this set. And yourself.
2: Uh, well, speaking of uh, kind of coming-into-play abilities, one that I feel like we should probably talk about and it's pretty interesting is Tiago Chan's Invitational card, which is finally seeing print, although not at all like the original version that we first saw. And probably rightfully so. That land was absurdly overpowered. But now we will have the Snapcaster Mage, who is a 2-mana two 2-1 two with flash, but don't let it deceive you. He's not a turn two play When Snapcaster Mage enters the battlefield target instant or sorcery in your graveyard gains flashback until end of turn, with the flashback cost equal to its mana cost. So basically, when he comes into play, you get to recoup a spell, but you get a 2 mana, 2, 1 along with it. Yep.
1: Yeah, no, I like that card a lot. I believe that's a lot of different uses. Um, you de- it's, it's basically, like, if, if you have, say... I mean, a really good interaction is, what's that uh, free force spike? Um...
0: Oh, Mental
1: yes, Misstep, yeah. Right, so, like, the Phyrexian Mana Symbols, where it's free to play, um, it, gives, it, it works, I believe, interacts the same way as, as the uh, the talk so far. So, its flashback cost would, in fact, be, could be a Blue Mana or two life.
2: Yeah, it's, it works the same way, which is good. Yeah, especially with the Phyrexian Mana cards, like, even getting a Gitaxian Probe back would be not bad with this guy, but, yeah, if you start to talk about uh, getting flashback on a Mental Misstep or a Dismember... Or, or some the modern,
1: modern, getting a flashback on, like, Blazing... Ah, uh, just not Blazing Soul, but, like... Uh, like, Gifts on given or something. Yeah.
0: In uh, modern and uh, uh, the Trunctated Extended, uh, the other thing to look out for would be rebound spells. That one which uh, gains your life, draws you a card,
1: and oh, then does it again. You,
0: yeah, you're right. That's... Yeah, you would rebound again. Like, the so, wow. And it would end awesome. up back, back in the graveyard, Yes.
1: Yes. Lots of, uh, lots of powerful interactions. Yeah.
2: yeah. So they were, they were right. They, like I said, we'd finally get his card, and it would be a doozy, and this card is going to have a huge impact. Probably maybe not, I don't think immediately, because I feel like he's really stronger in like, control type of decks and it takes a little longer for those to flesh out, but definitely a card worth getting.
0: Well, you remember Drown the Louvre, which was a fairly fast combo deck coming out of um, uh, Time Spiral block. It's essentially a one-shot Drowning for cheaper, so... Maybe. Yeah, that's
1: true.
2: Any other cards anyone likes?
1: Let me think. There was one I thought was, rich, which was, was like a lot of fun. And that card is Devil's Play. Because Devil's Play is yet another take on Fireball. Um, but it's a Fireball with Flashback. That's really good. When you
0: absolutely positively have to burn someone's head off in two turns.
1: Yeah, I mean, this, not just that, though, right? Because I could definitely see it, seeing play, say, in, like a, in, a, in a deck. Like, I mean, Heartbeat of Spring is still love this card, right? Because one of the, the issues of Heartbeat of Spring was if you didn't have enough of your spells, what control decks would do would they would hold their um, mana until you cast like Invoke the Firemind and then counter it. Um, and it's always just counter the key spells. With Devil's Play, you would turn your key spell into one that you can flash back, because when you counter it, it's like, eh, I'll tap the remainder of my Infinite Amanda and, like, burn you again. Yep.
2: Very true. It could also see play, it's interesting, I know playing a lot of red decks, and when you have, like, those red deck spells in there and weird situations, you kind of feel like you're throwing it away, like when you're, like, burning, like, a 2-2 creature out of the way or something like that, but then with Flashback, you get that... Advantage of you know only using half a spell essentially, so you could burn something out of your way early, and then at the in the end game when you're just drawing nothing but land, you're like I just need to deal three more damage to him because he's starting to recover and I'm out of the gas. Well, now you have this Devil's Play sitting in the graveyard ready to send those last few shots to the head.
1: Completely yeah. agree. I really like Devil's Play. I think it's a great card. I think it really solves lots of the problems that Firefall has in in any deck, and so I, I definitely feel Devil's Play will see a lot of devilish play.
0: <laughs> Not to mention, in, yeah, in drafts, uh, drafting, yeah, one definitely fa- first yeah. Pick. drafting one fireball is good, drafting two fireballs is great, drafting two fireballs in one card. Oh, that's, yeah, that, that thing's beating. I would be tempted in pack, if I opened that in pack three,
2: I would be tempted to take that and start going red, even if I had zero red cards. Pretty but red. I'm also a crazy drafter like that, so.
0: Pretty many endorsement. <laughs> yeah. Now one card which made me think a bit was, um, now, looking back at the grim dark days of Champions of Kamigawa, one card which saw a lot of play was Knight of Souls Betrayal, which was a five mana enchantment with all creatures get minus one minus one. They've got a targeted version here, Curse of, curse of Death's Hold, enchantment or a curse, enchant player, creatures enchant of player control, get minus one minus one for the same five mana. Yeah. Actually, I think Nine of Souls Betrayal was four.
1: Yeah, Nine of Souls Betrayal was four, so it's slightly worse. Oh, yeah. yeah.
2: But, but then uh, it's only targeting them, so it's just their creatures. Mm-hmm.
1: True. Uh, yeah. Nine of Souls Betrayal is great to prevent all those like random combo decks from going off, so... hmm I could definitely see Curse of, um, of uh, Death's Hole go definitely take off if you see a lot of like two ones or one or some aggro decks, etc. It seems like a great stabilization card. Yeah.
2: It, or if some kind of token-type deck comes to fruition.
0: 1-1 yeah. one, one tokens, obviously, since it's not zombie tokens, because that wouldn't be worthwhile.
1: Yeah, there's 2-2 two, two zombie tokens.
0: <laughs> it's, it is worth pointing out it trumps both uh, Deceiver Exarch and um, uh,
2: Pestermite. Oh, yeah, that's true, because then this, uh, the Pestermite dies and Deceiver Arc has no power. Mm-hmm. Good point. Five mana might be a little
0: too slow, but... Who knows?
1: You never
0: do. Yeah. I'd, I'd agree it does look a bit slow, but on the other hand... Uh, but it's, it's an option. Yeah. It's a weapon which somebody will use to foil that deck somewhere. Very true. Anything else, I guess one of, the,
1: yeah,
2: one of the last little cards that I want to touch on is uh, one we were kind of talking about earlier, which is uh, Silent Departure, which is a common blue... Uh, for a single blue mana, you return target creature to its owner's hand, and then you can flashback for four in a blue. So, kind of a mirror of uh, Firebolt, at least in the cost for the effect. And I think this will be a huge card in limited, um, especially if the the you know with the high, the presence of the double faced cards and there being one per pack, and anyone going in those decks like that's a huge blow to the tempo of those kind of decks because they have to wait for opportunities where no spells get played spell gets played to flip over and then when they finally do for a single blue mana you send it back to their hand especially if they were the one that took a turn like where they didn't cast anything in order to get it flipped then you really put the hurt on them because it feels like that just makes it a very tempo oriented format and a card like that will be really powerful in that aspect.
0: Yeah. Well, I thing which did catch my was a common uh, Moon Mist uh, instant transform all humans prevent all combat damage to be dealt this turn by creatures other than werewolves and wolves because of that phrase transform all humans. Um, I could well see splashing that in the deck with uh, quite a few uh, double face cards uh, say Ludovic's test subject with um, uh, Shield of Velis Vel or or um, uh, Rune Stalactite in it.
2: Yeah. It's, a, it's an interesting card, and I feel like this card will create a weirder situation in real-life drafts than you'll ever see on online drafts because of the two-faced cards, or the, yeah, the double-faced cards and their existence. Because in drafts, you'll be able to see those when people draft them, unless they take serious efforts to conceal that, you know, uh, or even in the middle of the draft, they start to like, hide it underneath. And then this is the kind of card where it will come along and you know if it's worth de-drafting it based on who you're sitting next to. Obviously, on Magic Online, that's not a relevant issue. It's just interesting how that's completely different just because of the nature of the game, it being online or paper.
1: Do you guys think that that'll change the functionality of the cards in order to reflect the fact that, yes, in fact, we're going to we're going actually start showing you who's drafting what double faced card cards to replicate the real-life format, or the other way around, where you, like, have, like, more, a closer, uh, the question is, do we move towards a more online game or a more real-life game? Like, does, is, should the client, like, arguably, the client doesn't allow for, like, draws anymore because they want better, more perfect match online, so, it's hard to say, like, what they're actually going to do, but I definitely feel that they're going to, like, benefit the client versus the people.
2: Yeah, and I think, I think keeping the information is more appropriate, because uh, you take away the skill from trying to read packs, which is, you know, somewhat of a significant skill in, dra- in drafting, is being able to identify what colors your neighbors are in based on what packs you're getting, as opposed to just, oh, seeing, well, oh, he's taken three double-faced cards, I should probably take this moon mist so he doesn't get it.
0: It's, um... I think the, uh, way they're going to do it is spelled out in the, uh... uh rules text for uh, handling them in drafts. Uh, They're information which you don't have to conceal, but you don't have to reveal either. So, essentially, they'll uh, I think they'll go on the assumption that people don't want to reveal them and just won't uh, highlight the fact that people have drafted them. Yeah, and I don't think we'll see any significant client, because that would take a significant
2: change to the client to open up the the draft and show you who's sitting where and Identify, you know, having some way to identify if someone took a double-faced card like that. I just don't see that happening anytime soon. Yeah. Right. Also, did you, I don't know if you'll notice, there's only, like, because there's only been one card that's kind of been obscured by the uh, revelation of the double-faced cards, but we have an, another new mechanic of sorts, and that's fighting
1: yeah. on uh, cards. Really? Fighting? Yeah. Really? <laughs> Splitting?
0: Well, it's as much a new mechanic as a uh, uh, rebranding of the old arena mechanic. Yeah. I, I think, I actually kind of like it just because
2: it's kind of funny. I like the idea that you can, you can have two creatures fight and one of them dies. Or both <laughs> of them die. Now with magic terminology, whereas before you would have this creature deals its power to that creature and then one of them is placed in the graveyard. No, it's these guys are going to fight and one of them dies. Yeah. That's it. Um,
0: I quite like what it does to the older cards. Two creatures face off of the arena and fight. Uh, Tangar's tell room hero uh, vigilantly goes across the battlefield and fights people before he reaches them. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so now it's official.
0: Yep. Although they probably need to do something for Inferno um, Elemental. Some sort of uh, uber fight. Um, come and have a go if you think you're hard enough. Yes. That's Very true. Yeah, for those who don't remember, Inferno and no, 8-5, which taps to deal its damage divided as you uh, uh, wish between any number of target creatures, which deal their damage to it. Yeah. Could be uh, the open brawl mechanic. <laughs> <laughs> Bring Melee. it. Melee. Yes. <laughs> right. yes, this creature yeah. has um, beckon at everybody making insulting gestures.
2: But so far, uh, overall, I'm pretty excited about Innistrad. It looks like a pretty cool set. I'm excited about the double-faced cards. And I really like the flavor of it. I'm not huge, like, a big fan of, like, oh, you know, it's going to be a flavorful set. That's not a big concern to me. But I think it is really cool, and they've done an excellent job of showcasing, like, like I said, you know, vampires, werewolves, and zombies. And just, like, Even little small things, like there's the one double-faced card that shows off, like, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Yeah. And they have that other blue card, who's hex-proof and unblockable, showing, like, the invisible man. Just, like, little tiny things like that that I think there's really
0: a cool, cool flavor. Yeah, they're really ringing the flavor bell, and they're they're doing it well. Yes, because they've tried to ring the flavor bell before and done it
2: unwell, so.
0: Yeah, but you can pretty much, uh, you can see the friendly homages to, uh, the works of all the great gothic authors, uh, both Shelley's, Byron, um, Stoker. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's, when you can see that it's a labour of love, that it, um, and, and the clothes especially, the clothes are a work of art, literally. Yeah, no, absolutely. There's
2: some really cool art in here, and it's, and it's interesting because they have some, like the vampires, that's one, they have more of the, like, you know, uh, autocratic, like fancy, you know, high society type of vampires. You see, because normally we've just seen undead dudes wandering around, drinking blood, killing things. Yeah. Whereas in this set, we see some of the more like vampire nobility
0: yeah. and that genre of vampire. Then again, you also have things like uh, blood-crazed neonates running around ripping people's throats out. Yep, yeah, there are still those.
2: So, blood-crazed vampire fans, don't don't be discouraged. There's still something there for you. Yep. Yeah. And well, I'm sure we'll see some more in the future as some more of the set gets spoiled. Mm-hmm.
0: Right then, now let's see. Aside from the uh, really big uh, upcoming set, there is some other news as well. Uh, from the Vault Legends and Dualdex Jarni vs Nickel Bolas are available in the store. Um, either of you
2: looking to get either of those? Uh, I actually, I did pick up from the Volt Legends, just because it was a nice, like, collection of, of cool Command Legends, and some of them I just want, like, I have just wanted, like, I wanted Captains to save for a while. <laughs> I actually sold my Progenitus, so I needed to replace that. Um, Teferi, I think, is the only one that I already had that I didn't need, but other than that, like, I was, I wasn't unhappy to get any of them, except for, like, you know, maybe one of the, like, not so good ones, like, uh, Cow Cow, who, yes, it's, he's new to Magic Online, but... Don't see myself doing much of anything with it.
0: So. Yep, tapping before the attack phase to make your opponent discard two. Um, yeah, there's some fun things you can do with that, but on the other hand, it's just generally not worth it. Yeah, I could just cast Fueg and uh, be good to go. I believe it's pronounced <laughs> well, Fugue.
2: Oh, my bad. Or I could cast Mind Twist for four, which I would rather do. <laughs> yeah,
0: Mind Twist for four does trump it, just a teensy weensy little bit. Yeah,
1: seriously.
0: <laughs> well, of for three beats it. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. But other than
2: that, I I really like the From the Vault set, and I have it, and I play command. I build commander decks on occasion here and there. But even just some of like, like I said, like the Progenitus was a big one because I had gotten rid of those, you know, a while back. Hmm. And nice to have one should I need to blazing shoal with it after summoning, pacting for it. So.
0: Uh, I might um, pick up a few cards from them. I uh, uh, recently got rid of my progenitai as well, so I'll uh, see about that. Mm-hmm.
1: Is it really progenitai? Huh, go figure.
0: Well, it could be. I mean, it's progenitus, uh, genitus genitai, could be. It um, yeah. depends if you're trying to be Ponty in Latin or not.
2: Yeah. I mean, technically, I guess if you were trying to obtain the card in which is titled Progenitus, you would want Progenitus's. But yeah, the plural of the creature itself. But put it this way: Would you want to see more than one Progenitus? <laughs> well, I'd be I'd be happy if my opponent cast this one when he already had one in play. Yeah, if that's what you mean. But you wouldn't see two together, then, would you? No, I wouldn't.
1: You're right. This that protects from the legend rule, too. To be honest. With you. <laughs> Protection from everything reminded us this includes the legendary. <laughs> we just you know, we just want it to, you know, be really cool and legendary, but we don't want it to have the same adverse effects of being legendary, if you know what I'm saying.
2: Protection. That's I still think it should have been protection from everything should have been in all caps and it should have had like two exclamation points at the end. Just to emphasize their point.
1: For sure.
0: Or just uh, reminder text, uh, yeah. italics, lowercase, in brackets, no exceptions. Yeah, <laughs> hmm.
2: that'd be a good one. God, there's one. What was the? Uh, this is a red card where damage can't be prevented this turn, and it had flashback.
0: Uh, searing pain.
2: Yeah, like searing pain. Uh, me and my friends, I remember we would always joke like when we were playing decks, like you'd moments peace. To prevent the damage, and then someone with searing pain, and then uh, someone wanted another card that was like it, that said damage can be prevented, and just put "can" in all caps, <laughs> so you know it trumped. It trumped uh, searing pains can't be prevented because "can" was in all caps.
1: Uh, uh, to that, I think under rule, um, I think negation always trumps affirm affirmation. Affirmation, yeah. yeah. And that,
2: exactly, and that's how you know this is the exception here. Cause <laughs> cause damage, of the can't be, damage can't be prevented. Oh, damage can be prevented.
1: Like, these are conversations that would be really awkward to have when you're talking to yourself in the podcast, just saying.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: um,
0: reminds me of an old um, joke card I saw on a website uh, which was um, an eventide, which uh, was essentially an um, inverted version of the um, torment card, morning tide. Which was remove all cards from all graveyards. Uh, white for a two mana card. And uh, this particular joke card, Even tied, was put them back. <laughs> well
2: done. I remember actually got used to those because I remember right when uh, Dredge became like a big deck. Like I was like just scrambling. Francis was like, "Oh, Morning Tide, this is great." Mm. So you picked up those. Then, obviously, we got back Crypt, and got Ravenous Trap, and Relic Progenitus and Claws of Gix, and all manner of so Phyrexian Furnace. Man, they really hate graveyards. <laughs> With good reason. <laughs> well, you know what? They're the ones printing cards. Stop making stuff you can cast from your graveyard and do stuff for free from your graveyard.
0: <laughs> well, to do stuff for free from the graveyard is a big problem. Things which let you do things for free are both the blessing and the curse of the game. Like bridge from below. That might have been the
2: most unnecessary card in all of Magic. I think. Mm-hmm. What if that got reprinted? That's a zombie card, and it it was future shifted. It would fit in Innistrad.
1: Timer-Goyf would definitely fit into such
0: a cost. Yeah, it looked at the graveyard, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think they uh, rather neatly avoided that one with the uh, two mana um, Lurgoif for your graveyard only clone, the worm.
2: Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, the creatures in Graveyards.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> same mana cost as Tarmogoyf. Um, similar effect to Tarmogoyf. Yeah, that's pretty much a we're not doing Tarmogoyf card, really.
1: Yeah. I'll just hold on hope. You know, sometime when those, uh you know, sometime when Mark Rosewater's grandkids reach stage and play Magic, he might reprint Tarmogoyf then. Along with <laughs> Wild and on the same side. Clearly.
0: <laughs> yeah, that'd
1: be okay. Yeah, no, clearly I don't see anything wrong with
0: that. Mark Rosewater takes his kids to the zoo set.
2: <laughs> 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 from, from from the vault.
1: <laughs> from the vault, Mark Ro- Water goes to his, Mark, Mark Water. Mark Rosewater goes to the zoo. <laughs>
2: Okay. Yeah. Let's see. Well, if you want those products, they're readily available in the store. You can go pick them up. And if you really want them from the Vault Legends, you got to move quick,
0: because they, they did say that was going to be in the store for a limited release only. Yeah. Although that does tend to be a matter of a couple of weeks rather than a couple of days from our past yeah. experience with From the, the Vaults. Yeah, that's true. Now, talking of limited time only, uh, this is the last day as you listen to the podcast, but if you listen to it right as it comes out, for Urza Block Drafts. Uh, the keys go away after the downtime this week. Um, so if you uh, want to um, try your hand at uh, cracking such um, unbeatable creatures as um, uh, Morphling or uh, Zephyr, then feel free. Yeah, and I mean... Uh,
2: I'm sad to see them go, because I love the Urza block queues, and it's a fun set, and it's pretty high EV, but and I'll, I'm just worried, because obviously once that's no longer an option for immediate drafting whenever you want, I just feel like some of those cards you can just skyrocket in price, because it's just such a powerful block. Yeah.
0: i only need to dip again once the uh, queues reopen in the uh, future.
2: Yeah, very true. Very true. But um, I don't know, I think, I think that's part of the reason Like some people have just been like, oh, they can draft it any time they want, they're not super worried about it. But the pe- once it goes away, you'll see the price on those probably come up a little bit at least.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. It does seem that they're um, uh, keeping an eye on Modern because uh, what's replacing them from the uh, 7th to the 14th are Ravnica Nix Pax drafts.
2: Now that is super exciting to me. That was such a fun draft format.
1: Oh my god, some of the best.
0: Absolutely. Even I drafted that one.
1: (laughs) It was that good. I mean, it was was the first draft form I came into, and I, like, my understanding of mana bases has never been the same.
2: Yeah, no, that's, if you, if you're, that was the first set you drafted, you're very fortunate, because that was such an amazing, amazing draft set, and it was just so, it was unique, but still, like, it wasn't, it was like, it was just so skill based, those, those two, and, god, Oh, such an awesome format. If you've never drafted Ravnica, you need to set aside some tickets, and you need to join a queue and draft it, because You're it's an like, amazing format. You
1: haven't aside that many. It's next packs, so.
2: Yeah, so it's, like, 12, 14 tickets, whatever it is. Like, you need to go play a draft queue, because it's an amazing, awesome draft format.
0: Yep. It comes highly recommended. Um, very few, relatively few mistakes. It was the... Uh, uh, first set where they tried to spread out all the value which was usually accumulated into one or two cards across as many as possible. Um, I think it was, uh, lots of Tier 2, no Tier 1, I believe is the saying.
2: Yeah, I was, I remember I was really sad, especially because that was the year they introduced the, uh, like, the team format, and they did that, like, unified block three-man team pro tour. Yeah. And, like, that was, thought that that wasn't cool, but I was just sad that we didn't really get, like, a block-constructed, like, season. Because that was such a, that was a great, like, block.
1: So yeah. sad. So, so sad. I mean, I think Ravnica probably was the best block they've done. Um, it was the most balanced, balanced, power-balanced to fun format I've seen. So I
0: think part of, part of the reason for that was the structure of the block. Where you knew um, uh, half a dozen cards from each single faction for each set. Um, everything had a signet everything had a bounce land um, everything had a, uh, a two mana guild mage and a couple of other um, hybrid cards it's I think the structure actually really helped them have things to flesh out because you had that direct comparison you had the uh, um, you know what you could go for yeah and which probably left,
2: it, it left less room for them to just like have to come up with some random cards, to like f- for filler for each of the each of the tribes, which uh, for each of the guilds, which probably kept them from inventing some wackadoodle umizoomi's GTA type of card. Yep. But no, absolutely fun. Said, go draft it, draft it often, frequently, all the time, seventh through the fourteenth.
0: Draft win prevail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now. Looking ahead to the pre-release for Innistrad, we've uh, got that on the calendar for October the 15th to 16th.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that'll be coming up pretty quick here, it feels like, because I think the the pre-release in real life is like the 24th and the 25th. Yep. Something like that. So So only like, and then the release would be like right after that, maybe a week after that. So then we will have
0: the set online like two weeks after its real-life release, after about uh, three weeks of uh, beta testing, well, yeah, I'm they're confident about it at least. Yeah, so that's exciting. Right, and that takes us on to um, uh, prices. Uh, either have you seen any interesting prices lately?
1: Yes, I've seen the price of my collection increase about two hundred times. No, I mean about, about two times. It's a. Uh, I started in Ravnica, so I started right around the time that Modern, um, is legal, and I'm proud to say that if you guys want to hack me and steal all my cards, uh, I you will steal a good amount. <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, no, but but in all honesty, Tarmogoyf has hit eighty-five dollars. Uh, we've seen some really interesting cards, such as Blazing Shoal, which I have set of. Uh, uh, hit a good six dollars and rising, sold out because of the Protor. You know, cards that you just really don't think would be that worth, um, worth anything. Uh, Dragon Dragonstorm again is increasing like mad. It's, I said mad, screw me. Uh, in any case, it's, it's now two fifty, two seventy five and sold out. We're seeing a lot of cards really take awesome price increases as a result of the Protor. So what you're looking at now is you're seeing like Power Powermaster Swath increase as well. Swath is now, all the way up to seven and sold out, as well as, and this this is one of those like unfortunate things. But you're, we're seeing cards from the GP as well because people love playing standard. You're seeing random cards like Chandra's Phoenix, which I thought was overpriced before. is still overpriced now at a good like one dollar. I think it's <laughs> like a fifty cent rare to be honest with you. But you know, just stuff like that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's really interesting because I mean especially if you go back and read a lot of the posts when people are talking about modern, there's so much chicken little talk about blah, blah It's just going to be a boring format, dominated by tooth and nail and 12 posts, and it's just not going to be any fun. And then you look at the top eight of the it's you know, Pyromancer's Ascension, and Zoo with, like, counter spells and some crazy infect deck with Blazing Shull.
1: Yeah, and no, so, to <laughs> be fair, though, I think there's going to be a ton of bannings. <laughs> so... <laughs> Sell, sell, sell while you can, or play, play, play while you can. Because there's no way Wizards wanted a combo format where the only answer to the combo format is playing Control Zoo. <laughs> <laughs> or Disruption Zoo. Like, it's like I'm pretty... Like, don't get me wrong, Wizards. I'm pretty sure your intent wasn't an average of a turn three kill.
2: Yeah, I mean, they, they said they tried to do their best they can to eliminate... They thought they had eliminated that, but then they... they came up short, especially, but I mean, who could have seen that, a crazy, a mono-blue deck that uses Summoner's pack to search up your Progenitus and then Blazing Shoal it away to your Ink Moth. That, like, that's a...
1: Um, given my pan, the panelists, uh, the list serves I'm on, a lot of people, actually. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it was bound to happen. One of the big things I feel was a big mistake was they got rid of the, uh, the counterspell. The uh, misstep? The, 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 yeah, the misstep, because it's it's... Moderns w- very close to like an eternal format, um, you know the thing that keeps legacy and vintage intact is force of will. So very true. Mental no, Mista I, could have very very well kept a lot of these stacks in check.
2: Yeah, and I know, and I think they knew that. Like, I thought they they they. I'm assuming the blazing shoal came up at some point with infect creatures. The thing is, I don't think they thought it would be as consistent as it was. But the problem is. Yeah, like you have you have a format with ponder and preordain and like all these like efficient like search spells on top of that. It's you know, you can't ban all of those. That's just silly.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's just weird because they had to have known cards like brainstorm. Brainstorm esque effects are extremely extremely strong in combo decks, right? Because the issue that a lot of control decks had was that you would see people preordain or ponder and then put the cards on top of their decks and then just have it ready to draw when they're about to go off. And that's, that's a very common thing people do with brainstorm to get around to the rest turn one. And it's something they should have seen coming. Um, I, I, I like the format. I like aggro versus combo. Uh, Just as like a player, I've always been much more of an aggressive player. It really shows when you watch me play poker. Um, I just bet, bet, bet and win money or lose money. Let's just go with lose money. Um, (laughs) I don't play online poker anymore. That's, it's illegal in the U.S. No, No, not really. In any case, but it's, uh, it's, I know that they were having a lot of qualms about control after what happened with Jace, but I really hope there's some interesting bannings that, like, instead of, or unbannings, rather, instead of banning the combo cards that people see, maybe unban the control cards to keep the combo cards in check.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think... I could could definitely see that. I think part of the problem was they went out and said, we are trying to take uh, the 10-3 combos out of the format. That's, that's not so much as statement of intent as a gauntlet thrown down to all the card creators out there. Here's the modern format. We're trying to cut out the turn three combos.
1: What are you so going to do about it? So here's some turn two combos. That's exactly.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> no, I mean, they did a really good job of cutting out turn three combos. They missed the turn two combos yeah. is, what, is what happened. Uh. <laughs> yeah.
2: And, I mean, the problem is, like, this was just kind of because it was so rushed out. You know, this was a last-minute seemingly decision on the for the player's they couldn't they couldn't have thought about it for all that long and there's you know, compared to the magic playing deck building community, there's a small number of people.
1: Yeah, like Tom you of know, UA isn't that smart.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean like even though, you know, RD's you know, got some great guys, a great team there, but I mean even organized play, but forty or fifty people versus millions designing decks, like I'm gonna put my faith in the millions
1: yeah. to come up with
2: stuff. That's not supposed to be. Like, to- there's some dude in his mom's basement, like, reading every magic card and every update to the comprehensive rules to identify... It's like how Flashlight came about. Like, when they changed the rules, there was some dude in his grandmother's basement, and he was like, Oh, Flash has been unerated. Sweet. <laughs> Where did I put my hulks? Yeah. <laughs> yes, and, like, it was his immediate thought. So, I mean they there's no way they can foresee all of that, and they try to do their best. And also, it's a pre, it's still a young format. Like, you know, they had a couple of weeks, and naturally, I think combo and aggro decks are the place to start because you have to define the metagame. We might see some control decks come to light now that we have this base to work off of.
1: Yeah, I, I, mean, I definitely feel they should unban every control card. That's just my feeling. <laughs> I, mean, I think, like, if you unban a bunch of control cards, you're going to bring the format back into its, like, Mm-hmm. I mean, ban yeah. all but Sensei's Divining Top. You can leave that ban. I, I just yeah. really don't like Sensei's Divining Top. But everything else. Yeah.
2: Well, like, Jace, like, I, f- I feel like that was a big emotional reaction. Because, like, if you remember, like, the form, the standard format before Jund had rotated out like a Lara Block, like, Jace was not good. Like, he was just not a very good card because they would just Bloodbraid Elf and flip over a Blightning and kill it and attack you.
1: And yeah, I mean, I think Chrome Mox is, like, another, another good example Oh, or I mean, like I mean, all the like artifact lands, the um, Golgari Grave Troll. I mean, I just didn't really didn't assume the format would be this fast.
2: Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, but I mean, like, I just don't see the need, like, for Jason, I, because at the very least, like, people can play like Jund decks in Modern and like with some better cards, and then just deal with them very easily. Yeah. Like these, you know, hyper, like, like people were talking about in the podcast how Zoo was kind of a fair deck compared to the other decks in the format, you're like, you're kind of playing fair. Well, I've been playing that deck, and I routinely go turn one, Wild Nakado, turn two, Noble Hierarch. I'm attacking for four on turn two. That's not fair. That yeah, is. And I still have a mana available to, like, Lightning Bolt you, or do something else. Yeah. Like, it's I turn
1: one, it's- Wild Nakado, turn two, Noble Hierarch, Dotsies, then attack for Wild Nakado. I mean, but, like, even that deck, right? Like, you're, you're, it's actually Fetchland, Shockland, Shockland, you're already down to 15, and yeah, but then you're, you you're, Thought see, you're big down big to playing. 13, and that's what allows Burn Decks to come into the format.
2: No, I mean, yeah, that allowed, yeah, that allows Red, but if you're playing Blazing Shoal Infect, I'm going to have every single land I play I come in to play on tap because I don't care.
1: No, for sure. Blazing <laughs> Shoal Infect's a really lot of fun, though. Mm-hmm. I, I have to say, that that was one of the cards I put together in the beginning, and I, I told someone, like, this is going to be a funny, funny combo. Um, I didn't think it'd be this consistent, personally, but... I thought yeah. there would be a little bit more control and a little bit more burn in the format. Apparently not.
2: Yeah, hats off to the, the guys in their grandmother's basements tweaking those decks to get that ultra-consistency.
1: Or in college, you know. You never, don't <laughs> turn yeah. out those kids in college. The, like The,
2: the real-world version of being in your grandmother's basement. Exactly.
1: Yeah. But yeah,
0: it's, um, the format is uh, certainly shaping up to be uh, uh, blisteringly, blisteringly fast, and it'll be interesting to see what they... Try to slow it down, or if they can. Yeah,
2: no. It'll definitely be curious to see, especially now that we have kind of a a truly defined, like pro sculpted metagame to work off of. Can control decks with a known metagame come to fruition and stand up to these decks? No. (laughs) Yeah, probably no. (laughs) I'll give you that. Probably no. So we'll have, and then will they react to that, and how will they react?
1: Yeah, I mean, the format's a lot faster than people thought it would be.
0: Yeah. Um, well, more to the point, it's faster than some people thought it would be, and precisely as fast as the people building the decks thought it would be. Yeah. Yeah. I, st- I still think it turned out
2: better than what would have happened had they left it to be an extended tournament.
1: <laughs> yeah. Also, case, you know, did, did anyone ever occur to anyone that uh, Mike Flores actually had a really good deck this time? He was the one who created Spinner's twin, right? Was he? I think he was. And if, if so, then this is like his first success in terms of a two-card interaction in ten years. Yeah, it's been, it's been a while.
0: Well, to be fair, so, it's not exactly... Um, uh, well, we, we had the uh, previous um, uh, combination of uh, two cards which did exactly the same thing in a prior set. So it's if it works then, it should work now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean,
2: just, you know, because he had, was he also running, like, the Kiki Jiki? Yeah, had, that, like, the, the, the Kiki
1: Jiki mo- was what really put that deck over the edge, from what I understand from people who are testing the format, because mm-hmm. the um, the type of removal you have for Kiki Jiki is different from the type of removal you have for um, good old... I mean, like, obviously burn always works, but, like, for uh, Splinter one, for example. Yeah,
2: exactly, like, you had to attack the combo in multiple ways to kind of deal with it.
1: Or, like, or, like, attack in the burn way. So, mm-hmm.
2: so, so, yeah, I guess if, if we're on that one, congratulations, Mike Flores. Welcome back.
1: Yeah. Right. Um. So, I guess now we have to move on to what you've been playing. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, AJ, now that you have no collection...
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, um, for those not in the know, I've, uh, uh, Sold off my collection uh, due to um, uh, real-life reasons and uh, I'm currently rebuilding from scratch with uh, what I've scrimped and saved for my articles over the while. Uh, last deck I built uh, before selling it was a fun little Met- Metathran tribal build uh, using um, training grounds to uh, drop multiple creatures off, a, uh, off the... Um, uh, Metathran Aerostat, which is...
1: Um, oh, so you're telling me that they're actual cards now? Because I always said they were just, like, creature-type ship and, like, soldier and whatnot. they errata that? They errata that years ago in the Great Creature-type update around
0: about the same time hmm. ago, when mm-hmm. it came out.
1: That's as revolutionary to me as learning today that there's a mechanical sweep. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes. Covering <laughs> so all sorts of new men. ground. Yep. Uh, half of what's goes the magic goes right over... Um, our uh, esteemed co-hosts ahead. But, um, yeah, Metathran, uh, they updated it with a great uh, creature update. Um, everything that was a ship is now a, a Metathran. Um, everything that was just a generic blue soldier is a Metathran. Um, and the, uh, Metathran zombie is now uh, one of the few cards which has its entire type line on its, um, uh, name. Huh. Interesting little bit of tribute there. Yep. Yeah. I think it's called Metroid Zombie.
2: Yeah, that, No. That that is for sure a card, yeah. Well, uh, as for myself, I've been continuing to play Modern and I actually had a pretty good run. I played in a daily event and went 4-0 playing a zoo deck. I was actually, I was watching the, the coverage of the Pro Tour go on, and I saw Sam Black playing, and he had his uh, Infect deck, and as soon as I saw this, I was like, this is the deck everyone's going to be playing on Magic Online right now. Like, as soon as I saw it, I was like, this is exactly what the kind of thing people will be drawn to. So I immediately put together the Zoo deck. And I was like, people are going to play Blazing Shoal, and they're going to play Zoo. So I'm going to build Zoo, and I'm just going to try and, like, edge my way in to take advantage. I added a Gaddictig, I had another Gideon to try and shore up those matchups, and then sure enough, I was right. I played two uh, Blazing Shoal decks and two Zoo decks, and beat them all. So,
1: yeah, <laughs> I did the complete opposite. And Instead of uh, going the expensive route, I just built Fred Deck wins <laughs> and just burned the Blazing Shoal deck and burned the Zoo decks. Yeah,
2: that's that's a definitely. I feel like that's one the next step in the evolution. It's like, well, now if everyone switches to Zoo beat to beat those, I'm gonna switch to Burn to beat Zoo. Yeah. Magic lo- Online metagame evolves at a blisteringly fast pace. It's like about
1: it's, a, it's, it's about a day to adapt. It's pretty cool. Yeah.
2: It's it's tiring. It's just funny how you can take a deck and go like four zero, and then the next day you're gonna be like one and two drop.
1: <laughs> it's it's information economy, man. It's great. <laughs> Kind of tiring, <laughs>
2: but, mm-hmm. but very cool.
0: It so it keeps wo- you on your toes. If it works, it works.
2: Yeah. All right. Well, I believe that will do it for this week's edition of the podcast.
1: Yeah, and yeah it will for sure. Seems like mm-hmm. since it's, it's been a little bit longer than the last three podcasts combined. But that's yeah. what happens when you have three, well, two older guys, one young guy, ranting about uh magic for an hour. Yeah, Plus. going on, huh. and on, and on, and on. <laughs> so, like, yeah, when it's just me and K or me and AJ, or, like, AJ and K or, like, you know. it's Three's a great number, because you really can start ranting about stupid stuff. I would say stupid, another S-word, but, like, obviously, there are kids watching this, or listening to this, so.
0: <laughs> we hope, anyway. Um, if, our if our readership have been chased away by any of the language we've been using, then expletive off. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, or, or
2: leave a note, and we'll be, we'll be happy to change that.
1: Yeah, just let us know if you'd prefer long or short. We actually do read your emails, even if Kia never responds to them. The rest yeah. of us do. Yeah.
0: <laughs> all, right, all your comments on the uh, uh, show notes on any of the sites to which this is posted. Yeah, yeah I, re- I respond there. So
1: I respond to email. Yeah. Um, okay.
0: So? So you can contact us, let us
2: know what you what you want, what yeah, we're doing sure. right and what we're doing wrong.
1: And if you guys need to contact us, it's literally it's like AJMP at puremtigo.com. It's Runeliger at puremtgeo.com. I think he has a puremto.com email somewhere.
2: Yeah, probably game s32 at, at
1: puremtgeo.com. And it's great. You should definitely come out and check us out, y'all. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. All hmm alright Okay. Well. So until next time, uh, keep on sending the cards.
1: Yep. Go
2: out and have fun, everybody.
1: Have a good week, everyone.
2: Goodbye.